for episode 8, Art Talk sought out a man who has worked as an arts journalist for nearly 10 years. Éloi Desjardins is a critic, he's a writer, a sometimes curator, he produces radio and video vignettes, he consults. He was the radio host from 2004 to 2014 of Un Choud Motard radio show, a half-hour-long review of contemporary visual arts with interviews and special features about artists, exhibitions, and art fairs in Montreal. The show aired at various times on CHOQ, CBL, and CSM radio stations. He earned his undergraduate and master's degrees in art history at UCAM. He's made regular pilgrimages to Documenta and the Venice Biennale, as well as art fairs across Canada and the States. Overall, Eloi seems to see everything and hear everything. In many ways, he's a self-made expert of contemporary art, particularly in Montreal. He's been paying attention for a long time, so we figured it made sense to ask him what he knows. I met with Eloi in the basement of the Museum of Contemporary Art. I didn't do my vocal formalization this morning. So you didn't? <laughs> you can do it now. We're recording. I'm here with Eloi Desjardins. Um, just because most of the people that listen were going to yes. do this in English, although I wish we could do it in French. And no problem. We're at the bottom, we're in the belly of the mask. We're in our Beverly Webster Hall, which is, uh, I guess, donated by Beverly Webster. And it's near the Salle Projection. That's where they have the Salle Projection. We have Ryoji Ikeda, part of the Biennale International d'Art Numérique. Yeah. Yes, been, I've been there, I've been radio. You've been, no, exactly. That's why, that's why I'm here. I want to talk to Eloi sure. about being an arts journalist. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed listening to your radio show, Un Show de Motor on CSM. And I'm sure there's others, but it was the only show like that that I listened to. Okay. And it showcased Montreal visual arts every yes. week, and uh, it was awesome. So I'm, I'm wondering, as someone who worked to bring attention to a lot of art practices and exhibitions that happen in Montreal, how do you see your role within the art scene? I think right now, radio or alternative radio is one of the main vehicles for promoting art critics or art journalists, I would say, art critics itself, into a quote-unquote mainstream media. There's of course printed media, mm -hmm. which is at Montreal, we're quite lucky, we have quite a few, mm -hmm. which are still a mainstream, but we seems to be diminishing less and less visibility for the art scene in Montreal, but it's, it's been historically like this. I'm not saying it's the fault of the media itself, just seeing culture in general seem to have less visibilities. But why? But because it's far-reaching, the radio? Or what is it about radio as a medium that you think gives that access? <laughs> I think you can have art talk. You know, you can talk about art. You know, radio is, there's no expression, it's the theater of the mind. So it doesn't matter if you don't see the art, the importance that we talk about art. Same thing as sport talk. You don't need to see the, the actual Mac to enjoy it. You just like need to enjoy the, the, mm -hmm. the rant and ramble around mm -hmm. it. So I think uh, radio is a, it's a nice venue. And especially in Montreal, we have a lot of alternative radio. Yeah. So uh, I think last time, when I, well, I stopped uh, about a month ago, 29th of April 2014. You had a radio show for 10 years. I had a radio show for 10 years. <laughs> close to. <laughs> and uh, when I stopped, uh, there were two, maybe three other program just on dedicated to visual arts in Montreal oh. and uh, there's always flasher and spotlight for obviously in, in the radio in general mm -hmm. so well, that's yeah. why I think it's a great venue for art on radio that's okay. why I enjoy it well part of it you're pretty active and involved in what's going on here and it's clear yes. a lot of your energy goes into being aware and sharing what you know sure. um, 
I'm wondering how you make a living if you're able to make a living with sure, art. Sure, sure. If you're comfortable talking about that, and, and also yeah. what your career expectations would sure. be ideally. Sure. Well, I should present myself first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please. What do you do? My, my foremost, I'm an entrepreneur. I've uh, recently launched a company uh, which have my name. And I offer services uh, on the contemporary art and communication. You're a consultant. I am kind of a consultant. Basically, what I do is what I was doing as a employee of Art Run Center Galleries. I offer my services to uh, help write grant proposal. I also mm -hmm. do uh, press kit. I do video. I do photography. I help for installing work, work on curatorial, or just consult in general. So that's okay. the way I'm mostly gaining my living. I've worked in the past in some art run centers and galleries in Montreal, private galleries, Armure and Pierre François just to name them, and mm -hmm. Circa. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I've always worked as a freelance, and now I try to put my freelance more into a, a more structured and enterprise. So that's how I make a living. And if not, I'm a PhD candidate to en histoire de l'art. Oh. So that'll help me get another part of my funding. I always try to manage between art job, work outside of the, of the art field, mm -hmm. um, studies, like when you can get a, you can get student loans and also you can get some, some job inside of university. So I'll, for the past 10 years, I've always tried to manage to make my end, pay the rent. I'm curious about how your understanding of art has changed during your work as an arts journalist. So if you've sure. developed a precise taste, like Greenberg, you know, is there a good and a bad art? Or how, how do you judge? I definitely, my taste changed as I got older, you know, 10 years is, you know. And when I started, I was finishing undergrad. Now, during my 10 years of a journalist, I did com start and complete a master. And I, I, as I finish, I'm starting a PhD. So of course, my knowledge has been greatly improved yeah, over the years. Broadened. Um, when I was more starting, I think I was more into uh, loud practices. I loud. was always, in, I was always interested in how it go. Since I work in alternative media, I was mm -hmm. always interested in kind of on the verge art practice, which are not well-established or well-recognizable. Okay. Um, something where your taste had to come into play. You could yeah, say, I, I like knew that. them more. Or when I, I did see those established, like in museum, I always was trying to looking for the um, an alternative way of presenting it. That's because it's part of the alternative, you know, uh, radio mandate. And I think mm -hmm. uh, it's important because, you know, I didn't want to be another established art critic in Montreal. I wanted to do it differently. You know, I don't think I achieved it, but yes, that, that was my intention. <laughs> so, um, when I first started, I was more into loud art, which I think there was more uh, provocative, provocative work, more figurative art. As I get older, I seem to be enjoying more the minimalist art, and you know, you're uh, toning it down. Yeah, I don't think I'm. Done. I'm still looking for that, that you know, edginess, but I try to do it in, in a more poised or more refined or more subtle way. And I'm always interesting in in if something people really hate it, if. An artist is really hated by the, the uh, by the media. I You're tend curious. To enjoy it. Yeah. And if people really like it or really get it, and I, I tend to dislike it. For example, give me give me one of each if you could think. Oh, your nose. This is is Yoshida. So it started. So it started. Is it too loud for the microphone? Yeah. Edouard and I decided to move away from the sounds of the exhibition. We ended up outside on the steps in front of the Mac. 
So it's the summer edition of the Montreal Art Podcast. Is that your title? <laughs> the uh, Art Talks Montreal Podcast. Talk Montreal Podcast. Yeah, okay. it's uh, it's very simple. So what do I hate that everybody love and what does everybody love that, that you I hate? Yeah, that's what you said. We've relocated to outside. Okay. Sound is better. Well, what I mean I hate or love, I don't really hate or love. You're saying that your, your tastes are contrary enjoy, to the trend. I just enjoy being the devil advocate. So I seem to have a fun time picking on Galerie de Lucam which they always do great shows. Mm-hmm, and, the you know, great space. A, it's a great space, very serious, very international. But when they mess up, I really like to pick on them. <laughs> and just because I think they are, they're, not, they're a bit of an intouchable. You know, nobody will ever say that, you know, they, they really messed up, and, but they sometimes do mess up. When I first started, you know, I remember a show called Basculé, mm-hmm. which was horrible, one of the worst I've seen. And I always, you know, so, I really enjoy making fun of it, but it's not very nice because you know they're very nice people, and you know I do get along with them very nice. So. And you feel comfortable critiquing shows and artists? I used to. I'm trying to try to uh, do it in a much more uh, constructive way. Really? Yeah. And uh, let's talk about a show that which I really love, and nobody mm-hmm. seems to uh, notice. Um, I think some of the stuff with the Bien or Electrado, which is really digital art, seems to be. Um, always uh, perceive as the uh, novelty of like you know it's new technology and and we seem to have a hard time having a more involved critique i don't know i think i'm not saying it's a generation thing but when i think of the the art critic of, of le devoir or just in general that that generation which are now they're much more into um philosophical view of the art as i'm i'm not saying just my generation but i am personally on the um communication analysis of it huh. so the discord of philosophy is not as involving for me as is you know just understanding the communication potential of an art project that's interesting because yeah. the, well, maybe the generational gap or what's come in that is the, the revo- technological yeah. revolution that has made communication a much huger aspect of our lives and it language could, and speaking it could be it's also I think and that's my personal opinion the shift between where art historians used to be trained they used to be trained at Université de Montréal mm-hmm. and now it seems there's most of the art historians who have a promising career I, I don't want to disregard art come from either Concordia or, or UCAM especially in the front mirror come from UCAM they, they really established themselves as a specialty Histoire de l'art those those other schools what I think they about do? 10 years ago when René Payan who was a very strong figure of contemporary art and uh, professor there at Université de Montréal he mm-hmm. was a very big influence I, I still, there's still some very good professor at Université de Montréal in, in art history but now as I see it or my knowledge of it it's um, really into uh, it's it's Histoire de l'art and it's cinematographic, so it's, it's art history and film studies. They kind of merged the two programs together. Oh, they did. And the master. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and as Histoire de l'art, since they have at UCAM, study of arts, uh, like we like to use to call it, um, since they have an art department, since they have an art gallery, which is very dynamic on the art, international art scene, Galerie de l'UCAM. Yeah. Um, UCAM, Université du Québec à Montréal, now is one of the, the strongest art history program in the country. It's traditional isn't it, in the way that they teach? Traditionally, <laughs> uh, UDM is much more continental and mm-hmm. as UCAM is much more American in their approach. Okay. 
And yeah. wait, but wait, you're talking about the shift. So if things are coming. But out now, of right now, like if you look at the, how many professors there are in the department of, of, of art history at UCAM, there's a lot more professor. There's a lot more research being done. Mm -hmm. The professor there who publish are a little more prestige, like you know, the rising prestige. Not removing anything from what that's being done at UDM. But right now, like we got Marie Fraser, Patrice Loubier, and we got all the rest of the professor who've been there for 10 years, which which have like a lot of, of attention mm -hmm. on the department. So and since it's a different school, different, I think, uh, yeah. So that's why. I, but you were talking about the shift in tastes yeah. from critics in that generation. And Saint Lucien is also very, uh, you know, famous for his uh, communication department, which mm -hmm. is famous in Quebec and, and French Canada for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it influenced uh, a lot more the way we, we see. So we when we look about new media, we don't see it as much as a philosophical aspect or the discourse of philosophical aspect is not as strongly put forward as as it was about 10 years ago in a more traditional western okay. european continental approach okay. of art so that's but it's very um rudimentary the way i think i just the way i formulate it is just my 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 gut feeling about it yeah <clears throat> so i'll explore fair that enough more. though so that's why i think uh new media art is not as well perceived during those other generation of art critic than as than newer, younger, or a different generation, or yet, or group of, of... How do you think artistic production in Montreal is unique compared to other cities? Because you've traveled so much, you yes. do get to compare. How is it different? It would be hard to say how it is different, because, you know, I always see the work of art from outside, from a Montreal-based perspective, kind of view, where I was, where I did was born and raised and where I study and that's where I most of most of my work I do it so, so you're seeing the world from the outside yes. based here so it would be hard to find that context but I'll rehash some of the, the preconceived idea we have since we have a unique milieu in Quebec with Les Centres d'Artistes du Québec which is we finance uh, art through public funding yeah and those have a very uh, strong academic uh, how could I say um, tradition okay and academic could be very uh, debatable here but it's it, come from people who work in the art scene are usually people who at least have our graduate student or they are master or they have PhD. They're those. educated. They're very educated. So it reflects the art scene. We have a very um, erudite kind of way. It's er a erudite. Erudite way of doing art and that's what we value. We still value some of the most uh, what we call the quote, commercial art or more decorative art but that's not the one we like to talk about. We like to talk about the very a academic. Yeah. yeah, A different set of values underpins yeah. Yeah. art practices. And it's not as much of the object as the discord around it that we interest. But it's not just in Montreal. It's you kind of see it throughout the academy, just because I think people in museum in general are usually from the academies. Mm -hmm. So those are the kind of practices we see in museum. But we seem to have it more on just not just the museum. We have in, in art run centers and even in commercial galleries. So that would be the uniqueness of, of the Montreal or Quebec art scene. And what about the the But artists? there's there's also you know there's a lot of there's a lot of different school. You know there's the English school, French school, there is the digital art slash traditional art dichotomy, and there's also a younger generation, an older generation. So, but those are just very broad stroke of, yeah, what of what's could, going on. What could describe the Montreal art scene. But however, we have, we seem to have a hard time having artists, a lot of artists break into the international art scene. There's, well, there's a couple, they usually break nationally, internationally. From Quebec. From Quebec, as there's only one I think we really we can point point is is David Altmaid, which okay. is from Montreal. That's I didn't even know he was from Quebec. Yeah, he's from Montreal. Is uh, okay. 
Yeah, and he studied here at UCAM. So that's okay. I think he's the only one who have a he's an easily recognizable artist from Montreal that's recognized in the international art scene. Besides, we have some we have some nice visibility in the international art scene, but not seem to be a, as a, a staple name. I wanted to ask about yes. the again from your yes. experience being sure. around um, the the trajectory of artists here. How does it usually go? The best an artist can hope in in, in Montreal. Is that the way you want me, or what is the trajectory? Yeah, what's the because you, you've seen them. You've seen somebody who had their first show somewhere. How that happens from step to step yeah, yeah. to getting more known or Usually you get if you get a, a good visibility in the art run centers, especially the one in Montreal, it's a good uh, tremplin. Mm-hmm. Uh, springboard. Springboard for a current. Then after you can get a show. Well, there used to be La Triennale, which doesn't exist anymore. But, you know, one of those group show in museum, which we don't know how they're going to turn out. Um, That was good, or in you're in a private gallery that will help you uh, promote your work. It's not every practice that can be promoted in private galleries. True. So, and then after you get a, a, a in a group show in a museum, then a solo show in a museum, and then get some noticeable attention in the international art fairs. Mm. That's usually a, a good uh, way, and then you have sometimes some representation in the national uh, milieu. Um, Which would which be what, Toronto. our magazines or yeah, Toronto Art Toronto Fair. or Ottawa, just in general. Yeah. And then sometimes you get some visibility in the national, international art scene, but it's still very, uh, only a few make them. And even those who have, there's about a half a, do, a dozen artists from Montreal right now who have, that can, kind claim, of visibility? can claim that they have uh, international presence. And it's usually mostly in Europe. United States seems to be more shy. Hmm. A bit harder. I to guess get to. because of there's a and it's uh, once you get your 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 chance in the art media from Montreal, it's a lot easier, especially for francophone, to have some visibilities in French or some French European countries. So language can be a barrier. It can be a barrier, but it can also be a, a way to express export yourself. I think it's much more easier from an artist, French artist from Montreal, to export himself to France. Yeah. That is an anglophone artist to export himself in the rest of Canada's or in the United States, okay. just because. Uh, There's so much more artists in Canada that I, I think, but you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't have any numbers. I think that that visibility sometimes happens now globally with people creating their own collaborations and maybe showing independently. Okay. So people, artists who are practicing here, will organize their own show or get asked to yep. show in uh -huh. I don't know Amsterdam or <laughs> Marseille yes. or, uh -huh. and then that creates its own. It's not necessarily. Um, in the media and in the press, yeah. but they develop yeah, relationships yeah. with communities that are global. And that's kind of important, or it's something, it's something else. There's a couple of artists which they have, they do a lot of residencies, especially in Europe, some in the United States, but mostly in Europe, because it's a more established circuit here. And they have, we, we could describe as an international presence. And it's a different kind of presence. It's I a different argue. kind of presence, but we're pretty going to be pretty rarely that we talk about here in the media. That's true. And it's, even in the uh, offshore media, I, it's pretty rare that we talk about, you know, you know, notorious Canadian artists come to Germany <laughs> or Berlin, you know, just to do a three-week residency. Because there's so many, there's so many circulation. I, I guess there's so much more circulation in, in Europe in general mm -hmm. because uh, it's much more the way of, they're much more used to those kind of collaboration or just that fluidity of ideas and just Sh sharing, sharing, just, yeah, exchange. And it's uh, geographically, it's just small, you know, Europe is so, so you know. It's more accessible. Everything. It's more accessible, countries are just so much closer. And then yeah. when I consider an international career is being, having a show or be represented in a private gallery in Berlin or New York, because, you know, those are, as um, Raymond Moulin, which is a famous uh, sociologist of art, says 90% of the international art scene is divided 
by artists who are live or represented in Berlin in New York. Like he, he decided to analyze all the collection of um, in France in the Frac, which okay. is a collection of, of, of contemporary art basically. And he said if you exclude French artists, because of course they're going to be more represented in, in French collection, 90% of the artists which are in, in contemporary art collection in France are from Berlin and New York. They, they are either live or represented in Berlin and New York. And it's about 60% New York, 30% Berlin. And then she took that same model, and then she tried to learn in England. So I was thinking London or something. Yeah, but no, 90% of the art scene is either done in New York or Berlin. <laughs> the rest of the world, that's 10%. So that's what I call the international scene. So outside of that 10%, we get a lot of Montreal artists in there, but to make it in Berlin or in New York, it's the place. Only a, a happy few. How how's the industry here changed in general in 10 years like the fluctuations in the um, business, okay. funding the cultural center I mean we're sitting downtown in the yeah. Quartier des Spectacles maybe publications that have gone out of business or yeah. blogs yeah what have you seen what, what have you witnessed what have I noticing in the past 10 years first of all the um, uh, the business of selling art contemporary art has really been blooming for the past 10 years I don't know if it's true or not or if we start to notice this a little more or we talk a lot more but seen that the art field especially for art fairs mm-hmm. uh, for the past 10 years have really exploded like if we just think about um, seven Pap- years ago mm-hmm. when Papier was in there there was only one major art fair in Canada which was back then PF International Art Fair which is now called Art Toronto Okay. and if we talk about today just in Quebec there are three art fairs just in Montreal there's two in Toronto's so mm-hmm. you know there we've started creating spaces in which to sell art yes and to talk about and, and just in the media as we talk a lot more about you know if uh, an auction break a record we're going to talk about it and, and if an artist sells for a lot of money we're going to talk about it you know money art and money the combination of art and money so the commerce of art is yes. what has grown bigger in Canada that's in right the visibility of it when we talk money and art seem to be a, a good sell point to talk about art <laughs> huh that's an interesting shift I wonder so how so is there any more there seem to be more galleries that very be close so I think uh, we, we everybody thinks to like to say that yo yo yeah the industry is is you know going well because you know we're selling more art there's more people mm-hmm. and when I talk about business and art I seem to have a better response people are more enjoying it more to talk to hear about talking about the art field and the art market in general before did it used to be more of a purist attitude that you shouldn't talk about money when talking about art uh, I don't know if we if it was a more purist, but just people didn't talk about it. So I don't know if it was more of a purist, but we just not seem to be a good jour. So it seems mm-hmm. to be trendy. Yeah, and I think it showed also in, in the way, like you know, now that Alexandre Taifer rise uh, president of the board. I don't, I don't uh, know who that is. Alexandre Taifer is a notorious businessman. Okay. Um, was famous for buying company and resell him. And he's, he was, did a great job, supposedly, at uh, L'Opéra de Montréal. Now he's the head board. And now he's also famous because he's got a Wait, lot of... Wait, now he's the head of what? The board of director. Okay, of? Of the Musée d'Art Contemporain. Ah. And also you have a reality show called uh, L'Oeil du Dragon. Um, dragon Den. So he's part of a panelist of a Dragon Den. So he's very... He's got a lot of... Every, and every time we see him about every two months, he's got, he, when he's got something to say, he head, he's the headline of the medias in, in La Presse and, and Radio Canada, which is the CBC. So, so he's a very charismatic and very we like everybody know about Alexandre Taifer in Montreal mm-hmm. even people don't know about art, <laughs> they know about Alexandre Taifer because he's on TV he's on the radio yeah. he's in La Presse yeah so it changes the character of these yeah. major art institutions I, I they think used to the, be they used to be mostly run by academic now it used to be run more by business businessmen 
which have a sensibility for art and have, you know, they're not dumb people. No. <laughs> but they're usually are trained in business school, not in, in, in art school. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to push together, push forward different agendas, maybe. Maybe, and it seemed to have a lot of uh, good impact in, in the... Um, Les bailleurs de fonds, like our government, seems to say, like, you know, we, they don't mind paying for culture, but they want to get that the culture institution find other ways to, to finance themselves. Well, and also... And the, but that's, the, the, that's across, you know, everywhere it's like that, but it's, for the past 10 years, we seem to be have a, a more of a... seem to be a, a definitely a trend. So as the government shrinks back, it's yeah. almost as if business has to come in yes. to find different ways of funding. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about the, sure. the Musée des Beaux-Arts. Musée des Beaux-Arts or the, Musée Contemporain? No, the Fine, the fine Arts yes. Museum and sure. how maybe the programming of chain has changed. Maybe it's just when yeah. I started paying attention, yeah. but three, four, five years ago, they started doing yeah. really kind of non-art yet, yeah. art contextualized yeah. pop shows. They'd have yeah. like musicians or... I don't know, just, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me, and I'm wondering what that's about, if you have an opinion. I don't follow as closely as the Musée des Beaux-Arts de Montréal. Maybe I should, because they have a, it's a great story. It's, it's, it's fully private, it's, it's mostly a private museum compared to Musée de la Contemporain, which is a, a mostly public museum, so it's a different different ball game, mm-hmm. I like to say. Uh, and they're, they're like, you know, they're one of the few museums in Canada that have some international visibilities which I don't think none of the others museum can Had. claim really I didn't know that or coast to coast like you know it's one of the few museum in Canada that that people from all over Canada can talk about it mm-hmm. so yes but I talk about they show less art and more that, other stuff that's the way I'm saying it but it does seem they, as if they got to pay the bill they got to they got to get some visibilities and and you know they got for that they need to bring more people in and they got to broaden their mandate and you know that that's their business well that's why I was bringing that up that's one of the for me negative yeah. effects of bringing business into showing art that not that it's negative not business, there but, but they're on the side they did I think they're they're lesser less visible programmation which is, you know, they, they are part of the Beyond, they are part of um, Modela Photo, Biennale de Montréal. Almost every show I've seen in their basement, yeah. I've always enjoyed or yeah. respected. So, the so they put is. those smaller shows with which, which a lot of attention and care. Mm-hmm. So, you know... F- There's a balance to what they're doing? They got to they gotta bring in the money. <laughs> But that doesn't help those, those nicer... And they do a lot of publication. So they're a great ambassador. That's true, they do a lot of money. What so I don't pay attention to it. I don't try to judge it as much because, you know, it, it would be... Uh, It wouldn't be fair to judge them on a purely academic, you know, it's a business, first and foremost. What do you mean it wouldn't be fair? What are we doing? Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, how could I say? It would be judging a, well, no, I'm not going to say that. It would be kicking a man when he's down? Or? No, it's not about kicking a man. It's, uh, I'm trying to say, um, it's like trying to say, you know, media or, you know, they don't put enough, they don't talk about art enough. It's not because they don't want to talk about not just because the art doesn't bring enough money. So, medias are into the business of making money. They just do it as a side product of, of, of you know, selling a new, or giving a newspaper through ad number, but their main goal is to sell, you know, ads, and that's why they get readership. And so, what you're trying to say is, when things are businesses, we shouldn't try to judge them as other than that, or we shouldn't be yeah. too harsh on them because of it. Too harsh, you know, it's, They, they have to do what they have to do first and foremost they gotta stay open and mm-hmm. that's motivating I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing but it's just it is what it is it's not it's, then you must address a, a bigger society involvement that seems to be a, a, you know a, a kind of trend you know they're just they didn't set the role they're just playing by them they, yeah, there's a, a big 
there's a, a, a wrestling one-liner that said, don't hate the player, hate the games. <laughs> so that's what I say. That's what we'll be really asking. Should we talk about debate societies? Like, you know, should we have more freedom? Should those art institutions have more freedom to bring more uh, knowledge than bring money? That, I think, it's a real debate. Okay. If the Museum of Fine Art is uh, putting too much show that is, is not art-related, you know, that's, that's a, a bias. I okay. think they're, they're just... Um, You're saying it's a different conversation. It's a different conversation. Okay. Or it's hard to not talk in both in context. So, yeah, so I think sometimes we're, we're a, bit, a bit hard on them. But I, I, I still think we, it's, not, it's okay to critique them because, you know... Mm-hmm. Or to talk about it. Because we're not, I'm not interested in, in fashion or as much as fashion or jewelry or yeah. Fabergé or, or, <laughs> or, or uh, what else. I don't know what else. Well, music. Music. I mean, I am interested in music, but I listen to it on the radio. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess we... Or yoga. Now they're bringing yoga. There's going to be a big oh, yoga get event. out. Get out. So I'm not a big yoga fan, but, you know, if it brings people to the museum, you know... Okay. That's it, yeah. We're so. going to stop. Um, thank you, Eloi, sure. for sitting down with me. Um, yeah, well, I want to I <laughs> keep abreast of your art activities because you're not doing the radio show, but you still have the blog. Yes. Where can we follow you? Or yeah, uh, well, the best way to get me, I guess, is unshowdematao.net. It's U-N-S-H-O-W-D-E-M-O-T-A-R-T-S.net. Or you can type Eloi Desjardins, E-L-O-I Desjardins Musée. Available through social medias in general, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. You're everywhere. I I try to be everywhere. You are. And it's a way. And if not, I work with uh, La Fabrique Culturelle as a director. There's more more project coming in the future. So I'll I'll be active. If you don't want to follow me, well, you know, that's fine. There's (laughs) Just go see some exhibition. Yeah, follow art. If you don't follow follow art, I'll be happy enough. So yes, thank you very much. uh, Yeah, thanks for sitting down with me. Bye. That was Montreal arts journalist Edouard Desjardins. My name is Yanni Ali, and this has been the eighth episode of the Art Talks Montreal podcast. We opened with Rod Nul from Hauschka's album Ferndorf, and we're signing off with example number 22 from Laurie Anderson's Big Science album. You can share your thoughts and comments by emailing arttalksmtl at gmail.com or find previous episodes on iTunes and Podbean and Tumblr. Talk to you soon. Es sind Stimmen unbekannter Herkunft. Es sind paranormale Deren Klang. Ich verstehe die Sprachen. Ich verstehe die Sprachen nicht. Ich höre nur ihren Klang.
Beispiel Nummer 22. You owe me.